Good morning. Um, let me uh, welcome here and remind you, uh, first of all, if you have a prayer request, if you'll raise your hand and we'll give you a card. And then uh, remember, reminder, big reminder that next Sunday we will meet here at 9 and 11. We'll have two, both services next week, like always, because it's Lent. Also, a reminder that after this service, do not take up the first six rows of seats on either side uh, so that we will have those seats for the Lenten study. Confirmation is a meeting today at 4.30 in the choir room uh, with Jessica. If you uh, make sure you're there, it's very important. All right, mission kids. Regular Sunday night programs meet tonight. Remember that the mission kids are collecting jars of peanut butter and use books for the two mission projects that they're undertaking currently. And collection bins will be out uh, here and on the second floor of the Family Life Center. Also a reminder that the annual Easter egg hunt has a new name and a new theme. Join us in the Family Life Center at 10 a.m. on Saturday, April 19th for a rock and roll Easter event. And the story of resurrection will be told again and again as kids visit experience stations, enjoy our traditional, and then enjoy our traditional egg hunt outside. Also, just another reminder on missions. We are currently collecting for Greer Relief and Greer Ministries um, peanut butter for one of them and soup and tuna for the other one. And then also on the children's books, we're also collecting for the, for the June annual conference meeting children's books, also new ones for elementary age uh, students. Now, you can leave all this stuff currently in front of the office, in the hall in front of the office, and we're trying to get some collection bins. We're trying to get some collection bins that are more permanent that uh, will be left in all the various locations for the different mission projects and requests that the church has so that it'd be more convenient for people to leave stuff. So look for that, that's coming up. I'll thank all the people who work so hard with the missions and our church. Okay. All right, all right, that's all I have. It's all yours, Kelly. Will you stand and let's all sing together.
Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you so much for being there, just for being there with us when we need you, being there with us when we push you away, being there with us when we're sad and gloomy and when we're rejoicing. Lord, you never, ever leave our side, and we are so grateful and thankful for that. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the chance just to come and to worship you and to lift your name higher than any other name. Lord, thank you just for that opportunity to share with other believers. Help us this day just to go out and spread your light into the world and be with us all week long as we try to do that. In your name I pray. Amen.
your neighbor. Tell them good morning. Tell them you love them. Children, will you join us on the carpet? Good morning. We're not chatty today. Has anybody ever seen a commercial on television? They have some kind of funny looking lady. Sometimes they're wearing silly hats and they say, if you call this 1-800 number for $10 an hour or a minute, I will tell you your future. Have you ever seen that? You, Ryan Foster said no. What about people that like, deal out cards, maybe called like tarot cards, and they say they can tell the future. Have y'all ever seen that in a movie? Yes. What about people that say they can read your hand? Yeah. Caroline says, yeah. All right, well, let's do an experiment about telling the future. Liza's old shoebox. I cut a hole in it, okay? I punch these out. What are these? The color is, they're circles, and they're white. Okay, I put five white circles in my box. And yes, Natalie, these are five red circles. Okay, I mixed them up. Equal amounts, right? Okay, Christy, reach your hand in and grab a circle. Who thinks Christy's gonna get a white circle? A couple, no, three or four? Okay, who thinks Christy's gonna get a red circle? Okay, it's an equal chance. All right, Christy, don't look. She's not looking. She's doing a good job. All right, Christy got red. Who guessed red? Oh, yes. All right, put your circle back in. All right, Lauren Clute. All right, who thinks Lauren's going to get a white circle? Raise your hand. All right, who thinks Lauren's going to get red? Okay, go ahead. No peeking in my box. Are they stuck? Oh, she got one of each. They were stuck. <laughs> All right, Lauren Clue got white. All right, one more kid. Who wants to do one? Oh, Davis. <laughs> do you really want to do it? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, Emily Major. All right, who thinks Em's going to get white? Nobody thinks white. Okay, who about red? Okay, lots of reds here. All right, Em, no peeking. Oh, Em got red. Okay, the reds are white. Now, how many guys guessed right every time? Who got it right every time? Oh, lots of people got it right every time. Okay, that's exciting. Y'all might be future tellers. Okay, now, Miss Marsha is going to grab a circle, and I think that I will get it right every time. I'm going to close my eyes, and I think I'm going to guess, okay? Who thinks I can know that? Who thinks I'm going to get it right every time? Only two of them, Okay. My eyes are closed. All right, they're really closed, Caroline. All right, I think this is red, am I right? Yes. All right, I'm gonna do it again, okay? All right, Caroline, watch my eyes, check. 
I think this one's white. Yes. Okay. Marsha's going to go again. White. Yes. One more time. Red. Okay. So, I got it right every time. Does that mean that I can tell the future? No. Do you know how I knew it was white and red? I made this game. You're right. Lauren is right. And I knew the game before I came here. This is a piece of photo paper. Like you would print a picture and touch it. You can pass them around. They're slick. Like pictures are slick. And this is just construction paper, so it's red. So I kind of cheated because I knew the game. I made the game up. So, But I knew it, and I understand. I made the game, and I knew how the game worked. And that's the same way with God. God made you, God made the earth, and God made the heavens. So he knows everything about you. And in the Bible, in Jeremiah for 29, 11, it says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Because God created you, he knows your future, and as just like I knew how, how what color I was going to predict in the game. So, who knows what a blueprint is? Who knows? Natalie, what's a blueprint? I'm going to try again. Okay, Maggie, did you know what a blueprint was? Like a drawing of a house or a building or maybe like a garden. Or I'm sure when they built the new playground out here, they had a blueprint. So, God has a blueprint for your future. Natalie, you got it? Exactly right. It's a plan for when you're building a house. You're exactly right. Okay, so instead of red and yellow circles, I've cut you out blue circles. So I want you guys to remember these that God has a blueprint for your a blueprint for your life. Caroline, can you take one and pass them around? All right. While we're passing, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for you guys. Okay. Dear God, as we hold on to these little blue circles. Help us to remember that you made a blueprint for each of our lives. You made plans to take care of us and give us hope. Help us trust your plans for us because we know that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. there for a minute. I thought I was going to have to get Marsha to do my basketball brackets next year. <laughs> and speaking of the playground before we begin to pray, the playground is, I'm pretty sure, open. I saw kids on it playing, so you kids are welcome to play on it. Hasn't been dedicated officially yet, but we will be doing that soon. Let's pray. Oh God, in your mercy, hear our prayers.
Oh God, your greatness is above all things on heaven and earth. And we come as your people to worship you this day. And we know that you have called us your children. You've made us to be a part of your flock and that you take care of us. We know that you provide for us every way, that you do have a blueprint for our life. And you know the ways for our good. And yet we must confess this day that we still try to tell you how to care for us. And we grumble when you choose not to do things our way. Oh Lord, this day, have mercy upon us. Forgive us and cleanse us from our sins. And by your Holy Spirit, strengthen our hope. And just as your love is poured out for, through the ages on each one of us, help us to pour out love onto others, O oh God. Help us to renew our commitment to do your will by spreading the news of your love to others. We pray this day, O oh Lord, for those who may be suffering or who may be in distress. And we pray for those who care for them. We pray, O oh God, that all suffering could be consecrated to your glory and that these things may change, O oh God, in your will so that those who are suffering from body, mind, or spirit may feel energized and renewed and refreshed this day. We especially pray this day, O oh God, for those who worry about things out of their controls, out of their control. And we also pray for people to believe in themselves more. We pray for Harriet Johnson, who is having surgery this Friday. We pray for jobs for the unemployed. Oh Lord, we pray for our church and all who are part of it and all who are friends of it. We lift up those prayers and many that might be too private for us to share openly. We do that in our hearts now. Lord, fill us. Fill us with that promised water that flows from your abundant fountain of life. Help us this day, O oh Lord. Grant what we ask, for we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray with one voice these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We had printed on the screen just a few parts of this story. This story actually takes up almost the entire chapter 4 of John. And so I had them just print verses 7 through 14. But I want to set the ground just a little bit. Jesus is on his way back from uh, Judea, where Jerusalem is, back to the land of Galilee. And as he goes, he passes through an area called Samaria. And there he stops at a well. And that's where we'll pick the scripture up. So when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. In other words, they're you know, like foreigners to each other. How can you ask me for a drink? Jews usually don't associate with Samaritans and vice versa. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, 
you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And then uh, that's where I, all the scriptures I have, but I want you to know that there's some back and forth between Jesus and the woman, and, and uh, he tells her different things, and then she uh, returns and goes to the town that she come from, and she basically becomes an evangelist. And many people believe because of her testimony. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this day. We pray that your spirit is with us and guides us now. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of you have dogs? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a dog anymore because I live in a parsonage. And most of the time when you live in a parsonage, your pets are frowned upon. And so we don't have a pet in the parsonage. However, we, I do have a son-in-law who has several pets, including one dog, who absolutely loves and adores me, comes and jumps upon me and licks all over me every time I go to their house. And it reminded me of uh, something I had read once that comes from, believe it or not, a research scientist at the State University of New York at Buffalo's Medical School. She said, and this is so profound, I think dogs are non-judgmental and they love us. I know taxpayer money probably paid for that study, okay? But it's true, isn't it? It's true. This study was done and it found out that people who are under stress are usually de-stressed or reduce their tension reduces when they have a dog. In fact, this has become such a, a well-known thing that oftentimes you can go into nursing homes now and even in hospital settings and you'll see that they'll have animals and pets for the, for the people to help bring the stress down. But the thing is, is the key part of that, bringing stress down and reducing tension, is this assertion that if you experience non-judgmental love, it reduces tension. And non-judgmental love is really what this scripture is all about. It, it's, it's about a love that gives hope in times of hopelessness, gives assurance in times of anxiety. Non-judgmental, accepting, all-embracing love is the essence of the gospel message. And I believe it's also the essence of our journey here at Lent uh, to the cross. It's this grace, which is unconditional, unmerited favor given to us and not in a non-judgmental way. And it's at the root, I believe, of everything that you see whenever Jesus is criticized in the scriptures. Anytime Jesus has a problem with anybody, uh, especially the authorities, it's usually about the company he keeps. You see, Jesus accepts and embraces those whom others find wanting. Jesus accepts and embraces people like the woman at the well. You see, the woman at the well had a quite a reputation. That's why she was out there in the middle of this day, in the hot sun, when no one else was there, drawn to water. She had a reputation. 
And yet Jesus loved her and accepted her, and he did this non-judgmentally. You know, I served one time in a, in a, in a town where the, they had one cemetery that was the cemetery of all the churches. They had went together, bought this piece of land, and put a cemetery there. In the center of the cemetery was a statue, okay? And the statue was the woman at the well. It wasn't a statue of Jesus. It was a statue of the woman at the well. I thought, I thought that was very interesting, so I decided to inquire, and so I asked around different people and different uh, ministers there in town and for people in my own church. And w one fellow said, it's because if you knew all the affairs that went on in this little town between men and women, you'd understand. I'm like, what? He said, we all decided that the woman at the well was about the only person that we could all agree on. It represented who we are in this little town, a bunch of sinners, okay, who, who, who like the woman at the well, needs that grace and that unconditional love of Christ Jesus. I thought that was unbelievable, but it was a pretty good answer, pretty good answer. When I, you know, we all need this water Jesus talks about, this living water, this, this, this water that quenches our thirst. You know, I'm not much one at landscaping. But one of the things I do know is that every plant needs water to grow. Now, I learned, I learned that even though plants sometimes look like they're dead, they're not necessarily dead. That plants that are struggling and who, that are withering, that are curling and look really bad, what they really need is water. And if you give them enough water, they'll come back. Their leaves are rich and full and moist. And people are the same way. People are the same way. Uh, people respond the same way that dry plants respond. They don't respond to more sunshine. They don't res respond to more heat. They respond to water. That's water that they can thrust down their roots uh, and, 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 and they can receive and they can grow and change and look better. And that is exactly in what we need as people. We need to be able to have some of that water of God that God's Spirit gives us. We are plants in God's garden. We're placed there for a reason. We have a purpose. And some of us are dry. There's no doubt about us in that. And some of us aren't. But some of us are dry. You know, when I was... Uh, working uh, uh, early on in my first career uh, as a manager trainee, one of the things that we did was we sold, uh, we had a big horticulture, big nursery department in our stores. And one of the things that I had to do being a, being a junior member of management was supervise sometimes the unloading of the plants and the, all that kind of stuff and making sure all that stuff looked good and all. And one day I was out surveying the, the area and decided that a whole bunch of plants needed to be thrown away. So here I was, got some of the stock boys to help, and we started throwing away uh, culling plants until the manager showed up and walked out and got really upset and mad and said, that's not what they need. They need water. And he took the hose and he started pouring just as much water as he could into each of these plants. And sure enough, within a few hours, they become like beautiful plants. And we're, we're the same way. We have got to have this moisture that can only come from Christ. It only comes from Christ's spirit. And if we don't get that moisture, we just wilt and we die. We have to have that water which wells up into us and overflows out of us and helps others. 
And I thank God this day for this story that we have. Because this woman, when she left there, she had more than just drinkable water. She had this life-giving water. It changed her. It transformed her. She was able to leave and go into town and start talking to people she used to avoid. She started telling them about Jesus, the Jesus who knew of her background and still accepted her, who knew of her many sins and still cared for her. And, he, and she became, in, a, in effect, an evangelist. She became someone who's willing to share that life-giving water. And I don't know about you, but I thank God that there are enough Christians in the world who think that way, who, who, say, who say, let's put a, a statue of the woman at the well in our cemetery to remind us that we're all sinners like she is. And you know, I thank God for this love. I thank God for the love it was first poured out for me. I can't even remember when, but I, I thank God for it. I know I was withering and perishing. I know that. And even now, this love of God is poured out upon me, and it's poured out upon you. And I hope that during this Lenten journey, as we kind of midway here, that you'll, you'll just think about that. Think about this love that God has poured out upon you. And, and think about how you can have this peace that in assurance that you long for when you receive this, this wellspring of, of water of Christ's Spirit. So, you know, the woman at the well, all she really did was, was she was grateful. And I, I think so oftentimes we just forget to be grateful. She was grateful. She was, she was so grateful for that experience, that encounter with Christ where, where she was accepted by His love unconditionally non-judgmentally he loved her and that acceptance that encountering she wanted to give thanks for it and so she went and started giving thanks and 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 i just want to do the same thing and i hope that you do we all have human failings many failings and and but it's christ who unconditionally loves us through this wonderful grace who who even when i argue with him he doesn't reject me or condemns me do you ever get mad at God? I get mad at God oh, probably about once a week. It's okay to get mad and have a discussion with the Lord and say, why is it like this? Why are we dealing with this? You know, He still will forgive us. He still loves us. He still looks at us unconditionally. And I thank God that my life is in the hands of, of Christ Jesus, not these people that Jesus encountered that are often referred to as the Pharisees and the scribes and the authorities of the world who have mostly condemnation for other people and hardness of heart for those who have failed. My life is in the hands of Jesus Christ and I'm thankful for that acceptance and that love and, and, I, and, I, and that's what that woman to well was. She was thankful for that acceptance and love she got. He had accepted her even though she was an enemy to his people. Think about that. He had, a, he had spoke to her of God even though she was of another faith and was not considered worthy of consideration. He offered a blessing to her even though she had debated him and questioned his statements. And in the scripture, it's an interesting thing. He regards her as dear sister. If you read the whole scripture, I hope you, you'll spend time with the whole chapter and look at it closely. And he calls her, and the word there is the same word that is used elsewhere in the scripture when he refers to Mary Magdalene, which is one of his dear friends. So he, he was referring to her in a, in a familiar, loving way 
that you, a person would know at that time. No wonder she went into the village and forgot that she was the scarlet letter woman, okay? And started singing his praises. He had accepted and loved her. And that's what we all need. That's what we all need. <clears throat> he accepted her and he loved her. In my opinion, if we're going to follow Christ, we have got to accept and love people. We have to accept and love people. That's where the rubber hits the road. It's how we treat each other. It's whether or not we take a select few and treat them lovingly and kindly and non-judgmental, or if we take everyone that way. It's up to us to love them into the kingdom. It's up to God to decide judgment, not us. When we treat people as we want to be treated, then if, if we can talk to everyone in the same way, if we can talk to executives just like we talk to janitors and don't show any preference for one or the other, if we can talk with a sinner or a saint and, and still show them respect, if we can open our hearts and our minds and our doors, as our motto is, to both friends and strangers and have them feel welcomed, if we can encounter people, not put them down, not patronize them, not put them in categories, but share with them God's love, then we show them something of God's love. And then it's, it, they're in God's hands. We have done what God wants us to do, which is to share His grace to everyone that we meet. And when we've done that, we will be, I believe, the disciples that God wants us to be. And I think this is a critical understanding of what Jesus was bringing to the world as he journeyed to the cross that fateful year. I hope that you'll continue with me as we follow Christ and the Lenten journey uh, all the way to Easter. Let me, let's pray. Gracious God, we are just like the psalmist who, who wrote that we're like a deer that wants for a running stream of water. And our souls yearn, O oh Lord, for that. We yearn for the love that comes from you, the love that wells up in us like streams of living water that brings life to us and to those around us. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you'd help us to open our lives first and foremost to you, to put down our roots in your word, to turn our hands both upward and outward, that we may receive and give your blessing. And we pray, O oh God, that we may be a people who in speaking truth do not judge, lest we be judged, but that we would give unconditional love to all that we meet and allow you to decide their fate, not us. Help us to speak of your love and your grace. Help us to reap this harvest that will come to us as we sow in your name and are faithful. You, are, O oh God, are the God of love. And we thank you for this living and everlasting gift of grace that you have poured out on each one of us and that you poured out on the world. For you so loved the world, you gave us Jesus Christ. And we pray, O oh Lord, that we'd be agents of that transformation and change in this world today. We pray through his name. Amen. Amen.
Now, I've been teaching our confirmands lots of things. I don't know. One of the th- they've been teaching me a lot of stuff too. But one of the things I told them as we've been talking about worship is that elements of worship, there's different elements of worship. And one part of the worship is a response. And that's what we're, we do when we stand up now and we respond uh, to what we've heard and said and felt uh, this day as we stand up and do this uh, affirmation of faith. It's a response. Let us join our voices together. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life in death, and life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Another way we respond is with our, our offering. So let us take up our offering now.
this night of soul Hearing the sweetest songs of victory Your grace finds me Yes, your grace finds me Your great grace Oh, such grace Your great grace Oh, such grace Oh, 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 So I'm breathing in your grace And I'm breathing out your grace I'm breathing in your grace Forever I'll be breathing in your grace And breathing out your praise Breathing in your grace Forever I'll be breathing in your grace And breathing out your praise Your grace finds me. Yes, your grace finds me. Will you stand? Let's all sing together.
the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. May they be yours this day and each day. Amen. Have a great week.